guys, welcome back to the Blue Roar Podcast. Um, it's been a while, not a lot going on this summer, took a little hiatus. Um, we have a special podcast today, we got we got some special guests. Um, the rest of the crew has gone missing, but that's alright. So we, we got some new guys, we got, we got formerly Bud Light Seth changed to Milwaukee's best Seth. We got ZX Express, and we got Cousin Jordy. How you doing, guys? Hey, hey. Glad to be on. Thanks for joining. What's up, brother? (laughs) So, we got a variety of fans here. It's a little different than, we're not all Lions fans here now, so it'll be good to get some. I mean, mean, most of us are. There's one degenerate in the bunch, but. Yeah, well, we got one guy from Cleveland, Ohio, for some reason. And that is ZX, ZX Express. Oh, yeah. Hey, everyone. Yeah, just a little transplant down here. Uh, yeah, originally from, from northern Michigan, from a nice uh, homely trailer park up there. But I decided there was more to life, so I moved down to Cleveland, Ohio, to the Rust Belt. So in my mm-hmm. time, I've transitioned uh, a few ways. Uh, <laughs> from a uh, Michigan fan to an Ohio State fan. And okay, you got to stop right there because we got to talk about that. Who, okay, I don't care. You could have went to Michigan State. You could have went to Notre Dame, any of them. But you pick Ohio State after being a diehard Michigan fan. Explain how that's possible. Yeah, well, at first, you know, I, so first of all, I really just – was not a fan of of Jim Harbaugh, and and secondly, especially you know, keep in mind he started out zero and five versus Ohio State. But really, what it came down to is I'm like, well, you know, I really just kind of got sick of being a Michigan fan because it's it's just just not my style. It's just it's, so, it's very so vanilla. Zach, so Zach, yeah. Tell me this: When did you switch over to be an an Ohio State fan after Michigan went zero and five? And they were winning? Then what happened after you switched over? How have they been doing? Oh, no, they've, they've done much better. They've they've beat the snot out of Ohio State uh, two years in a row in the most demoralizing fashion, running the football. So, so Mr. Bandwagon here is going to yep. be moving to Michigan, moving back to Michigan. No, here. please don't. Here we don't, like, we don't want you. Well, there's two ways you, to I look at it. After Michigan wins the national championship this year, he will move back to becoming a Michigan fan next year. I mean, there's two ways you can look at You can look at it that way. Um, and, and you just want to throw this in there. The last time I've seen this much preseason hype for the Michigan Wolverines, and it's good uh, segue with hype to talk about the Lions. Um, but – I have not seen this much hype for the Michigan Wolverines since the 2007 season when they were ranked number five uh, in the preseason. And do uh, you guys remember that year? You remember what happened? You know, they were out there getting their accolades and beating their chest in uh, Coach Carr's final season. And uh, a little a little team they played at the beginning called uh, Appalachian State came in and shocked the world. So not saying that that's – Gonna happen again. All I'm saying is, it seems like as an avid Twitter user, uh, overall, because every fan base thinks their team's gonna win it all. There is definitely a lot of hype, and rightfully so. You know, Michigan, you guys return what 80% of your roster. Um, 
You have everybody back, especially the key position. You got your quarterback back. Running back. Um, you got your running backs back. You got your line. I mean, and your secondary. So, no, I, I definitely see why there's there's the hype. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But, no, Jordan, to answer your question, I think you can look at it the other way where they have lost in two very embarrassing, demoralizing losses. And I'm still uh, from the start of my fandom, and I'm still hanging right in there, uh, you know, with – as, as much support you're, as I've had, so you, you're not a real fan, though. Let's, let's be honest here. You're, you're bandwagon. Oh, well, no. I, right now, I can see how you say that, but you know, you gotta you gotta start somewhere, right? So we'll look at this in ten, ten, twenty years, and it'll it'll it'll, it'll make sense. After after he's already transitioned. Back, <laughs> he's but yeah, but on the NFL side, so uh, I. Yeah, so I've I've become in my time moved down here. I guess I technically have uh, would my allegiance would be the Browns, but to be honest with you, that that's what I found that's very interesting. Moving from a uh, a non uh, a town that does not have an NFL team in it, just being back in Northern Michigan where Cousin Jordy lives, to <laughs> moving somewhere that that does have an NFL team. You know, it's just different. You're you, you constantly you go into work and everyone's talking about that team and it was just especially, different. especially Deshaun Watson and the massage parlors. <laughs> oh, absolutely! <laughs> yeah, he's our savior. So, oh, were, yeah. were, you, were you a Lions fan before? So, you know, we always had him casually on the TV, but I think just because we were up in Northern Michigan, you know, <laughs> being young, we didn't really go to many games because it was like four hours away. You know, just it was. I just, I, from a young age, preferred college football and kind of stuck with it where, you know, it just felt like more people and friends from school, they were more into college than pro again, because the Lions, you know, everyone casually watched them, but it, it, it was pretty uncommon that anyone would want to go to someone's house on a Sunday specifically to watch the Lions. They were always on in the background, but you know, <laughs> no one in their their parents weren't watching them too close. And, you know, and when you're young, that's when, that's how your influence kind of sticks with you. So, you know, moving down here, I, my friends are, are big Cleveland Brown diehard fans. So after they, they get together for, for every game. And so that's it. So I, I do know my knowledge has grown for the Browns and, and thanks to fantasy football. When we have a longtime commissioner on here, Cousin Jerry. Cousin Jerry. All right. Well, going back to – we can still talk about college a little bit. Seth. Yeah. He's a, Mich- he's a Michigan State fan. Um, how do you feel about them this year? You know, you know, Zach says everyone <clears throat> says your team's gonna win, and you know I don't feel that way about Michigan State, but I see a step in the right direction. Uh, you know, the one year with Kenneth Walker was sort of a fluke year for Mel Tucker, but I, I'm, I'm not a bandwagon fan like Zach. I trust <laughs> I think what, what Mel Tucker is doing long term. He's certainly making enough money where he, he needs to deliver, or there's gonna be some serious backlash. So oh, yeah. I think they'll take a step in the right direction this year, um, but there's no question they're in a tough, you know, East um, division there in, in the Big Ten and uh, expanding the conference and getting rid of the divisions. That, that'll help in the coming years, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Seth, what's your opinion on uh, on your quarterback and, and your best receiver? And, and I'm blank on it, uh, transferring out. Did you get any? Do you hear anything more on that? That maybe you know we might not have heard on the surface, or you, you know I don't have any idea. And I 
from what I've been able to read online, no one really does. It, it seems like it's a culture thing or, or something, which kind of shocks me. I, I, I wouldn't have thought that. You know, you got your starter who is more than likely going to keep his job. You got a receiver who um, is building all sorts of NFL potential and can stay there and become a high draft pick, just like Jaden Reed uh, did this year. I have no idea um, why that might happen. Um, I think the receiver uh, had some ties to Auburn or had tried to play there initially, so he had been predisposed towards wanting to go there. Um, but I don't know about uh, the quarterback and, and why he would try I to thought play. I heard the quarterback. Oh, with um, Auburn. Yeah, uh, or am I thinking of the – because I thought I heard there was a backup quarterback that was, like, up and rising – yeah. I heard that too, cousin. Yeah, and that's yeah. another reason why he sort of left. I mean, there's probably more than one reason, but yeah, I, I did mean, hear that. Yeah, I think you're thinking of as Noah Kim, and I haven't yep. heard a lot of him. Yep. Uh, I think Mel Tucker's the kind of guy who, uh, unlike Harbaugh, he's he's not allegiant to somebody, and he's gonna let everybody compete for their jobs every year. And there's probably some guys in there who who don't like that and want the security. And so they're going to go somewhere else. So that's just a product of the program, I think. Yep. It's interesting too, with, with the NIL piece too, you know, yeah. cause now, I mean, you see how many guys jumping in that transfer portal, I guess. Yeah. Transfer portal included with the NIL and my goodness. I mean, just the amount of money and, and like the opportunity, you know, floating around with that. So that'll, that's just going to shake things up. You know, if a guy, yeah. And you know yeah. all of that is happening underneath. You know, these guys can make whatever excuses they want, but the money is definitely talking. And it's why these the powerhouses in, in the SEC will always be powerhouses and such. Absolutely, yeah. Just just even from listening to uh, a lot of podcasts, it just seems like they the uh, SEC really developed their NIL collect- collectives a lot sooner than, than the Big Ten um, and, and other conferences. And, Maybe part of that's because they've been handing money under the table for years and have already already had this established before NIL was legal. Uh, that's yeah. my conspiracy and many people's conspiracy theory. But uh, yeah, yeah. So they all they they seem to uh, they seem to know exactly what they were doing and had the right people hired and for for something that's a brand new concept. So yeah, that's kind of interesting. Anyway, so Zach's a Browns fan. So we have two poverty franchises for the last <laughs> what twenty? Have, have the Browns ever been good? I can't even think. Uh, oh man, Jim Brown. Oh okay. yeah. Uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, they used to call it the old Triangle of Pain, the triangle that connected from Detroit to Cleveland to Cincinnati. Uh, so that's changed at the and uh, down Cincinnati. But uh, they also nicknamed Cleveland the the Factory of Sadness. Because of of how how bad the Browns have been, and the Browns kind of what's interesting from a from a cultural standpoint, you know, we have, uh, you know, you got we got three sports, we got yeah the guard the Indians, oh Guardians now sorry, uh, <laughs> uh, we got the Cavaliers, old. no one really cares about since LeBron left. Uh, is there another team that we have? If there is, it's not that important. So it's You're not pro. <laughs> so yeah, so it's the Browns. Everyone, everyone's a, a Brownies fan, uh, which which is is a little crazy too because just 
our biggest rival is just two hours east of us and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are the complete opposite situation of the Browns. Uh, they've had like three head coaches in the last 40 years. They have good ownership. Like a bad season is eight and eight. They've won Super Bowls and they actually have tradition. So, <laughs> and we don't have any of that. So are the Bengals not your rival? No, and I, I, they are. Uh, they're, they're still in the division, still the Battle of Ohio. But I think just since Pittsburgh's so close, and keeping in mind a lot of the a lot of the baby boomers in the Cleveland area grew up in like the Terry Bradshaw era and pretty much the the Steel City defense, whatever they were called back when you know, the Steelers were really good. The Iron and, Curtain. The Iron Curtain. There you go, cousin. Yeah, and they were really good. And so I think a lot of people. Uh, in the Cleveland area, you really watch them. Uh, in fact, my buddy Mike, his his dad, he, he's pretty much lived in, they've lived in central Ohio their whole life, and his dad's a diehard Steelers fan. So you see a lot of that here, and it's just weird. Uh, but I think it's just because, I guess talking from a bandwagon standpoint, a lot of a lot of the local fans have, you know, they want to root for a winner. And Pittsburgh's here an hour and a half, two hours away, so. But the Browns fans are they're they're diehards. The Browns Pittsburgh. are Cleveland's team. They're starting to get a lot of hype again too. Pittsburgh is. Mm, I don't believe yeah. that. I don't. I mean, I the division. It. It's it's a good segue, cousin, because you know I I think this this is my my hot take of the night. I think that the AFC North, um, and, and here recently, and and especially this year, is arguably top two you can argue, is the toughest division in the NFL. Now, where I'm going with this, and it's a little underrated, because I I want to say in, like, the last five years, two of those years we put three teams in the playoffs out of a four-division team. So that's not too many divisions can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's underrated, especially, I think, what was it last year? It was the, the AFC West with Kansas City and when, when Ross went left Seattle to go to Denver and that division, you know, everybody was like, Oh, that's by far the toughest. And then you saw Denver fall apart and the Raiders were okay at best. And there's a lot of teams. There was a lot of teams last year that really you expected to be good. And they weren't at all. Like I think Arizona is a pretty prime example of that. Yeah. The Rams. The oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, to the benefit of the Lions, too. So, we got yeah. a good draft pick out of that. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs, we'll see. What, what's, uh, oh, oh yeah, that's a good, Matt Stafford, what's what's going on with him? Does anyone have any insight on that? I, I feel like I just haven't heard anything. I heard they tried to trade him Whoa. to the Falcons or something, and, and nobody wanted him. It. I know it's sad. I mean, he was on top of the world there after the Super Bowl. I mean, my Not goodness, well, that was a year ago. That was one, like, a little over – or one season ago. And now yeah. a couple injuries and oof. Way she goes. No kidding. Hmm. All right, well, uh, let's hear let's hear a, brownie opinion, a brownie's opinion about the Lions, an outsider's opinion. What do you think about us? Well, I think I have a little diff. I'll give my opinion, and then I'll give the the, the locals' opinion because you got to have that. We're a uh, something about the brownies. The, like I said, the fan base here, 
They're they're uh, oh, there's uh, a good similarity. The Brown, I would say the Browns and the Lions fan bases are very similar uh, because of that. I don't they're both extremely loyal, extremely loyal. Um, they, they don't bandwagon hop, <laughs> you know, that, um, no, it's just, I mean, when you go up to a game, the environment, the environment's strong. There's a, just a ton of tailgating. I mean, there's, there's a, there's this lot, we call it the Muni lot. It's right up by the stadium. And I mean, people get, they, they just get so drunk and they, they fight, they, they'll just get in fight with whoever the opposing team is. And the lot's so famous that other fans who come in, they want to party in the Muni lot. And I'm not kidding you every year. There's always one week one. There's always a huge brawl in the Muni lot after the game. They just um, want to fight. They just want they to just, fight. They want to fight. You know, we're just like, you know, Jeez. you just get all that pent up energy from the winter. So cloudy and nasty. You know, these guys, they, and they work <laughs> in these factories here in the Cleveland area and, you know, they save up. And the only thing they want to do is, you know, they're tired of paying child support they're tired of having four, you know, having four different baby mamas. You know, the best, number one thing they want to do is they just want they're saving any little bit of money and slush fund they have for the Browns. And if they can't afford it, they're going to the Muni Lots tailgate and they're starting a fight. So, you know, that's just what they do here. That's just they they you know they love their Browns and it all costs. So. You know, that's so in regards to Lions, what what do we think of the Lions? So I follow the Lions a lot more being from up there. Um, no, a lot of Cleveland, including myself, they we quietly root for the Lions because you guys are exactly really? where. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly where we were um, and usually where we were, you know, recently. I mean, you guys have obviously ascended more and we're still kind of in the middle, but. No, no. I, I was at a Browns game one time, and they they popped the Lions score up on the you know during a commercial break, and everyone was there's there's quite a few applause. So, you know, I just noticed. Yeah, and just anyone you ask if when Jordy comes down, or I mentioned being up in Michigan, they're always like, "Oh, are you a Lions fan?" Like, and they just they casually always right after asking, they go, "You know, I always want the I always kind of secret secretly root for the Lions. I want them to do well. You know, they've seen a lot of hard times and." It's good to see him. And then they always, of course, Dan Campbell. He's a national figure. Oh, I just love Dan Campbell. Man, he's got the energy. If anyone uh, can fix the Lions, it's him. So he, I, I think there's a lot of good those knees. He bites he, those kneecaps. Yeah, and you got to think, too. I mean, the I can't remember the last time the Browns and Lions have played in the regular season. So It needs yeah. to happen. Uh, they always play in the preseason. So I think that's part of it, too. You know, it's easy to uh, kind of quietly root for another team when you don't have to play them. So I can yeah, tell you if we had to play them this year, it's probably a, probably a different opinion. But, yeah, no, overall, uh, the the other tough thing, though, too, is, you know, because Fox and CBS are, are regional, you know, if, if the Browns aren't playing, we only get the other AFC North games. We don't get the Lions, which is stupid, considering Detroit's three hours away. I mean, we hardly ever get Lions games. And especially when they both play at obviously one o'clock, the other games, usually Pittsburgh, um, you know, or, or something else. And then obviously the, the blue bloods dominate the four twenty slot. So, yeah, I think a lot of people quietly root for them, but it's hard. I always don't like it because, you know, I'll, I'll hear, hear from you guys about the results of the game or what happened, you know, and it's usually right at the end of the Browns. So I'm like half paying attention, but then, uh, it stinks because you know, again we we can't we can't we can't get you on TV. So 
Now that that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely America's team. <laughs> Fuck the Cowboys. We're America's team now. <laughs> no, but Jordy, you're a Lions fan. What do you what do you think about this year? I'm looking forward to it, but I'm worried. Are you? Because of the I get the hype, but I'm worried about the hype because we've had this I won't say a few times, but like one or two times before, and it hasn't gone well. Yeah, but it's never been like this. And, and I, no, and I understand that. It's just, I mean, hopefully they can meet up to, somewhat meet up to people's expectations this year. But no, yeah. I'm pretty confident. It's just, I think it's part part of us being Lions fans, like, we sort of expect being disappointed too, so Yeah. I'm I'm really worried about it. But Seth, you drinking the Kool Aid? I'm drinking the Kool Aid like every good Lions fan should. Uh, okay. and I'm not saying I'm not drinking the Kool Aid, but Okay. Yeah, I mean I think it goes down to the leadership that you have, you know, Brad Holmes and uh and Campbell. I've got the team in the right spot. I think those are the two guys to develop the, the personnel and bring in the right people. And clearly they've taken good steps every year, especially finishing eight and two this past year. And um, I think we'll know a lot what happens, you know, opening up the season with the chiefs will be a big test for them. If they can keep that game competitive. Uh, I don't think they'll win that game, but they certainly have a winnable stretch following that. And so if they could get off on a, a decent foot and, um, keep the injuries at bay. I, I think they have a chance to um, have a good year in a division that um, is wide open at this point, um, you know, yeah. especially with Aaron Rodgers' departures. So, um, yeah. so I talk about taking steps every year. I don't think they're going to set the world on fire, but, you know, a record around or just above 500 and, and making a, a wild card game or something would be a, a big step in the right direction. All right, so let's do predictions. So you're saying – uh, wild card team. I'm thinking wild card team. I'm not sure they can step up and win the division. Um, you know. I, so I who know who would the Vikings? Yeah, I, I think the Vikings just because mm-hmm. they're in a vacuum and and no one mm-hmm. else is any better. But uh, that's not saying Minnesota's great. I just uh, Minnesota's yeah. lost. They've lost a couple key people too. So yeah. So you're saying eight or nine and eight? Yeah, I, I hesitate. Yeah, yeah, I'd say nine and eight, which is where they obviously where mm. they finished. But um, yeah, probably nine and eight. The, the schedule, you know, is more difficult the second half of the year. Um, and so yeah, I'd say nine and eight. Interesting, cousin Joey. What What's up, bud? Give some predictions. I know we've done this before, but we got some new opinions out here, so let's hear them. Let's see. I'm looking at the schedule. Um, off the top of my head, I would like to say 10 to 7. Okay. One team that I think will be, like, in our within the division, that's going to be sort of a wild card, I think. I'm not saying they're going to win, win it at all, but... Chicago. I like I know they were a shit team last year. 
and they're sort of expected to be a shit team this year, but I think they might they might surprise people a couple games is what I'm saying, and I hope those games aren't against the Lions, or at least one of those games isn't. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I am getting I, – I was really pumped up like a few months ago. I was like, oh, 13 and 4, and that's just not happening. It's going to be – I like 10 and 7. Mm-hmm. And I think that wins the division, honestly. I don't see anybody else with 11 yeah, wins. that's true. So we'll see. We'll see. Zach, How what do you think the Browns are going to do? Well, that, that's why I was going to ask after you guys said that, because I agree. I think 10 and 7 is right around 10, 7, 9, 8. What, um, what deems this year successful in your guys' eyes? Um, you know, let's just say, and let me give you a baseline. So say they go 9 and 8 or uh, 8 and 9, or no, they can't go 8 and 9. Uh, they I would think- go, you know, they go a game under 500 sneak in the playoffs and, and, and lose. I mean, is that, you know, kind of kind of where you're at? And it probably depends on, on personnel, golf plays. Yeah, I know there's some individual things and their injuries, but, you know, where, where's I, your guys' expectation there? I think, like, from a realistic step in the right direction, I would say make the playoffs. I'd love to say have a playoff win, but at least make the playoffs. Yeah, have you guys taken a look at, like, we're talking about Minnesota being potentially their challenger. Their schedule is significantly harder than the Lions. If you look at who they have to play. Is it? Okay. They lost lost Thielen and Cook, right? Yeah. I mean, they opened with the Buccaneers, but then they have Eagles – Vikings, Panthers, Chiefs, Bears, and 49ers. So there's three to four good teams in that. Um, Whereas the Lions, you know, five of those first six or six of those first seven are are very winnable games. And that's huge for Detroit because Detroit always seems to play. That's what what ruined us last year. Yeah. Detroit is a come from behind. And – well, and the sad thing is, is you guys know, is like so many of those games that we lost early on last season were very winnable. Like, oh yeah, third game, I think it was third game of the season against Minnesota. We blew that. Yeah, yeah that was we unacceptable. Was, we had like a that. ten point lead with what eight minutes left or something stupid. And then Seattle, we lost by three, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was yeah. A close one. We, we and, lost I mean, by three a thousand, to the Eagles. A thousand, yes. And crazy thing is, is who would have thought? Like everybody knew the Eagles were going to be good, but I don't think the expectations then were like Super Bowl. Yeah. And you think about what the result would have been had they played later in the year. Would exactly would the yeah. Lions have come into that game with a different mentality and probably lost with a bigger margin? So yep. you can get off to the right foot and get some swagger in your play and, you know, put teams away and uh, not have everything come down to a last-second play. Uh, oh, you know, they yeah. have a chance to be good. Yeah, but – and then, I mean, we're all seeing, like, shoulda, woulda, coulda for last year, but um, 
The one thing that I would wonder about is, like, let's say we pull off, like, well, we started off one and six. Let's say we ended up going 500 instead. Mm-hmm. Those that first half. I don't think, really, I don't have the feeling that we would go, what was it, eight and two or no. the rest of the season. I don't think we would have done that. I really don't. Because I think, I think that, like, in a way, was a big motivation. Like, we need to turn around this season. Yeah. But, I mean, what was the problem last year? The offense, for the most part, was, was great. It was near the top of the problem. league. Yeah, the defense, especially the secondary, was bad. And that's I mean, they, the Put a lot of the Lions went that first half of the season. They had the number one offense, yeah, and the worst defense. <laughs> so, you know, give them credit. The secondary <laughs> is much improved, and hopefully that helps. Yep. And I, li- I like how they didn't just stay stagnant with the offense. They're like, well, it's good. We won't do anything. They they upgraded the offense too, in my opinion, with Laporta. I think Gibbs and Montgomery is an upgrade. So um, here, here's my question to you guys: Is who's because of uh, Williams being out six games? Who's the guy that who's the guy that fills in his spot throughout those six games? Um, it's either Marvin Jones, huh. Marvin, Marvin Jones, Jones, Josh Reynolds, or. Uh, Raymond, Khalif Raymond, hmm. which isn't great. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> those are not great options, but I think we'll be fine. Amon Ra is a beast. I was going to say we have Amon Ra. Yeah, I think he's going to be your number one option. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jameer Gibbs can line up outside, too. So. He's going to be he's gonna be real interesting to watch. I think, I personally think the Lions made the right move on the whole, like, drafting him and getting – or drafting him and trading Swift away. Like, don't get me wrong, Swift's a beast when healthy. But yeah. what, that's when he's healthy and how many well, games was that? So. The fact the – fact There's – the last Super Bowl, I don't know how many it's been, but the last – Bunch of Super Bowls won. There was not a high paid running back on that team. Yeah, and so you're just, not, you're, teams you're, that win Super Bowls, they're they're always teams who have rookie running or running backs on yeah. end of their rookie contract. They're not quite resigned yet, but they have a couple years experience. Um, but those are the teams that that, that go deeper in the playoffs and win Super Bowls. And actually, running backs are. Don't get me wrong; they're still. A really valuable position, but like the big contracts being paid, like that's going away. They're not. I mean that they're still getting paid a decent amount, obviously, but they're not as valuable as what they were before. Where you have that one big stud. It's a lot yeah. of these teams are going to committees. Well, which, they're they're, they're in the long run. Being productive is a very short window as a. Exactly. Back. I mean, you know, look at like Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh and um, Zeke Elliott, these guys who are just top of the league and, and work for several years, but doesn't last long, and their contracts no. often outlive their production. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, I think even it's funny we're talking about this. I think today, uh, I think Saquon. Saquon, yeah, is in a huge he turned contract. Down his, yeah. yep. um, I was just going to say yeah. that. <laughs> and then you got, uh, you know, all the other guys. Like I said, yourself was just talking about all the guys in free agency now just sitting there. Yeah, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, obviously you got yeah Zeke and I uh, can't remember the other. There's there's oh uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, there's another guy who figured he'd plug in play somewhere um kind of that passing down back and yeah nobody they just outlasted yeah so think about it we got we got i mean we i don't know if we overpaid for montgomery but it wasn't that much but we got gibbs on a what four-year contract cheap contract we, we weren't gonna pay swift so i think it was the right move i was were you guys surprised that they didn't bring jamal williams back after that year that he had and how well he fit the offense. Yeah. I think I was. I I, I mean I think, I think he, was, he wanted too much money from what I heard. Yeah, it came down to money and And here's the thing is look how many don't get me wrong, I think here's two things that he brought, like well, one obvious thing is he's a decent running back. And the second thing I think off the field, like I do believe in that. He was he was one of the best guys you could have in like the locker room right. to be to be around and that's what makes a team is those kind of guys. But But as as far as production, I mean produ- you could put you could put Zach out there with our offensive line and he could get <laughs> some of those touchdowns too. Like our exactly, offensive because line how many how there. many of those touchdowns I was going to say this. How many of those touchdowns were one yard? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, he was a, a goal line back. Yeah. Yeah. So I think his numbers were skewed. Yeah, he's a team leader, but you can't yeah, pay like for if he's asking, If he's asking too much money, and he's also, I mean, I can't remember his age off the top of my head, but he's, I mean, he's been around the league, so he's not. Yeah, he's only 28. I just looked it up. Yeah. That's crazy, oh, wow. but he's still for a running back. He's running yeah, backs don't last long. So usually mm-hmm. they don't. They're like Frank Gore's sort of like an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah. yeah David Montgomery's a big upgrade over Jamal Williams. Oh yeah, yeah, I so. yeah. I, I would trust what Brad Holmes does. You know, all these decisions that you might question at the time. Um, like the tight end position for Detroit last year, you know, uh, trading away um, Hawkinson and those other guys they plugged and played, played well. You know, it was tight end by committee. So I think they've got an eye for talent and trust. I, I trust, you know, the process that, that they've got in place. They're balancing cap space versus uh, talent. And uh, get- How many bad contracts do we have besides golf? Mm-hmm. I can't think of another one. I can't either. Like he's he, Brad Holmes is, is a genius with that stuff. What's Goff's contract? It's not great, but for his production, it's I was going to say for the going rate. Yeah, I yeah. mean no, no one's so dumb enough to pay. Uh, how much did Deshaun Watson get? <laughs> yeah, that's it's funny you bring that up and. and 
you know, and, and the Lions done a good job of avoiding the bad contracts, you know, with trading away Swift and um, Hawkinson, I guess, because, you know, they were going to ask for some money. But, yeah, Deshaun, no, uh, yeah, I mean, we haven't had a quarterback down here in, in 20, 25 years since, like, Bernie Kosar back in the early 80s. So, look, the Browns, they just upper management and ownership decided, look, we're going to sell our soul uh, to get Deshaun Watson. I don't care if he's got 30 sexual assault allegations. I don't care if the man's in prison. You know, we're getting ourselves a damn quarterback. And that's what the Browns did, and they shelled out a ton of cash. I think it was, I don't know what the deal was, but over the court, it was $200 million. We gave up three first-round picks. I mean, we we this could go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history if so, he so doesn't show up. Here's my question to you, Zach. Is what does Deshaun Watson have to produce for that to be worth it? That's like, a really good the minimum, question. The minimum. Um, because I yeah. know you can easily say Super Bowl. I'm saying the minimum. He's got to make him a playoff contender, which they—I'd argue they've been. I mean, they've been in the—they've been in the uh, the wild card hunt, and I mean, we made a Baker Mayfield a couple years ago won us. Still, is during the COVID year, so there's no fans won us a first playoff game and forever. Um, I mean, he's got to—he's got to get us the playoffs. Uh, and he's got to, you know, win a couple games. I think at at, at some point, um, but I, I just. I don't know. I don't really see the fit here. I don't really see the fit with the current coaching staff we have. With Stefanski out of Minnesota, he's been here a few years, but he was the offense coordinator up there uh, before he took the job, and he's more of a three yards and a cloud of dust kind of coach. I already saw at the end of last year what a lot of people aren't pointing out is how productive Nick Chubb was. Uh, his production really dropped off once Deshaun came back. Uh, which is a concern that oh, yeah. he doesn't really fit the offense, right? Because Nick Chubb's not a pass-catching back where, you know, Deshaun's used to that, more of that just spread and uh, kind of more of the, the dump off. I think a cream hunt almost fits better uh, in, in that system with them. So, I mean, Chubb's production dropped drastically. So I, I just, I don't know if he'll even be a fit here with the staff. Um, obviously he's a, He's a he's a great talent, but he also didn't play for a couple of years before uh, before this season with with all of his suspension and everything. So uh, it's it's concerning. And if any Browns fan tells you different, they're a diehard, and you know they're they they don't have their eyes open. They're delusional. There's a lot of them down there. It's the whole season rides on him this year. We're in a super tough division. We got a we got another decent roster. I mean, we're decent. We got, you can't argue Nick Chubb's one of the best running backs in the NFL, but if he can't gel with Deshaun, that's not going to work. We got good receivers with Amari Cooper, who really surprised because it felt like he was on the decline coming out of Dallas. Picked up Elijah Moore out of out of the Jets, still on his rookie deal. He's a, he's a good talent. They just had a loaded wide receiver room and didn't really utilize him with a lot of it, or, uh, Garrett Wilson in there. So the, our defense is going to be okay. We don't have Jadavian Clowney, but still got Garrett and company, but we can't stop the run. So I don't know. All right, we got a new defense coordinator. Your old, your guy's old coach, Jim Schwartz, uh, is oh our defensive coordinator now. So yeah. he did pretty well in, in Philadelphia. So 
some uh, there's some promise there. If he can learn how to stop the run, which killed us last year, uh, he might be all right. But I I just think our division's so tough. I I see us falling short at seven and seven and nine. I think we get seven wins, but pretty tough. Yeah, non-conference schedule too. Uh, I think play the uh, I think they have to play Kansas City and. Yeah, quite a quite a few others. So I think New England, a lot of a lot of toss up games, which we don't usually fare well uh, in those games where games we should win. Kind of like the Lions sometimes, you know they yep. they win. Uh, you know they 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 give the team the you know the toughest teams in the league, you know a great game in the regular season, and then they lose a stupid one that they need to win or get blown out in a stupid one like Carolina last year. Carolina. So, Carolina yeah. was our most heartbreaking loss of the year. Yeah, that that because that yeah. that completely lost us the chances of making the playoffs. Yep. Three hundred yards on the ground. Yeah, you're not gonna. <sighs> that, that was demoralizing. Yep. That's how it felt his, watching Michigan. Uh, has has uh the Browns won a Super Bowl? No, I think they're like the Lions. They won all those world championships NFL back championship in the forties yeah, and fifties. But so, uh, they. So who do we think will win a Super Bowl first? <laughs> if you ask me this question two years ago, I would say the Browns. Browns. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now I, 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 I want to say the Lions. I just think I think our division. It's super tough, especially you got to. And I think we, and you've, you've said it multiple times about the Browns' front office. I think we are in a much better position with that compared to the Browns. So even if we don't win, win one short term, but we keep those guys, I think eventually we will. That makes sense. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, you guys are. We're headed like, in the right direction. Absolutely. And you're not walking into any bad contracts. You've offloaded the right. the upcoming risks where we, right. that's that's exactly what our problem is going to be this year. If we can't make the playoffs, we, we have a bunch of linemen who are good uh, that we'll have to pay. Uh, I think Garrett's going to be up for an, another contract, I think. So he's going to need to get paid. And he's one of those, he's one of your top. Top studs, you got. You can't lose him. It's like you can't lose a team captain. So I, we're in trouble. Browns are in deep, deep trouble. And then you got to think, okay, Lamar just got a big contract. Okay, he gets can get hurt a lot. His accuracy isn't great, but when Lamar's healthy and he has a healthy team around him, which he never does, um, but when he does, they're going to be scary. Uh, he's young. Uh, Joe Burrow is. Top I in the think. League I, and, I, I think Cincinnati has that division. Oh, they got it. I think they they got it for a long time. I mean, just keep building around Burrow and Chase. I mean, Joe Mixon, I just saw a couple days ago, he just he took a pay cut because he wanted to stay there. And I mean, that's how – I mean, I know he's retired now, but Brady did that for how many years? Look how he ended up. Oh, Absolutely. Could have asked for big ass contracts, but he would rather win than get paid a ridiculous amount of money that you don't really need. Honestly, 
oh, that's like Aaron Rodgers. And I feel like I don't know what he's – and that's what he did last year. That's what ultimately they had to give up Devontae Adams just to pay Rodgers. And then he's whining why he doesn't have receivers or a defense. Well, <laughs> you're clogging up. And you see more and more of that. Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray. Look at their teams. are They're eroding. Yeah. Because these quarterbacks want all this money. And then they're like, well, why, why can't I win a, can't I win a Super Bowl? Since we're talking about Deshaun Watson, I was I was thinking about this. Who's better, golf or Watson? Honestly, <laughs> depends on the. So, are you saying you're saying at this moment, or are you saying? Time. Yeah, I, I'm prime. not talking about past accolades and all that. I'm saying right oh, now, who would you rather right have on your team? Oh, I'd say Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff's the right culture fit. He gets the job done. I mean, he's <laughs> Jared Goff doesn't have all these fucking allegations. Yeah. Jared Goff is not the reason they're <laughs> yeah. losing. He, he does his job. And I yeah. think the Lions have done a very good job of fitting his sort of play style. Yes. Like, setting up that offense like that. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It's just perfect for him, honestly. And keeping Ben Johnson in Detroit was huge. That was oh, huge. And how they did that. And I'm curious on how that's going to go. I don't know what, if it was only one year or what, but. If the Lions' offense is dominant again, he's gone. He's gone. No, regardless. Yeah. Well, that's he what I'm saying. He's back, probably going to be gone after. Yeah. Yeah, that's. This is it. So, is, uh, I don't know, is Jared Goff on. His last year, or does he have two years left? Mm-hmm. I know, I know. There's been talks of an extension with him. Yeah, that that extension worries me a little bit. Um, I mean, now we have Hendon Hooker behind him, so that's going to yeah, be great pickup there. Great late pickup. Great draft pickup. Yeah, Goss' contract goes through the 2024 season. Okay. But so, he's, he's the 14th highest paid quarterback in the league. So, I mean, it's not a bad contract. And only it isn't. Two more it years. Isn't. Two more years. I, that's, like, perfect. Yeah. Really, it is, because I'm like, you give Hennon and Hooker enough time to sort of learn, get healthier. I mean, I think eventually he's going to be taken over. I think that's the – I mean – we drafted hope so. because of that, but yeah. Well, Zach, what about you? Would you take? Would you rather have Goff than Watson? Oh yeah, I mean Goff's a safer pick right now. Um, I do think that Deshaun Watson has a higher ceiling, but um, I just think the circumstances where we see them right now. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think I'm worried. I'm, I'm very worried. Uh, that Deshaun is not going to fit here for multiple reasons. Um, and I, I, I'm worried that Stefanski just, he doesn't have the experience considering I think it's only his, our head coach down here, it's only his third or fourth. It'll be, I think he's going into his fourth year as a head coach. Uh, I, I don't think he has the, the experience and he hasn't proven that he can make adjustments, not just in game. I mean, week to week in the season. Uh, to make this work, I, I I'm at the point I need to to see it to believe it. So I I know definitely golf. Um, 
and definitely a lot of concerns down here. But I do think if, I mean, if Watson, if he can, I mean, he's kind of, I think he's in a position, you know, he's kind of in kind of like a guy in the longest yard, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of like a old Paul Rudd or uh, what's the, was the quarterback there? Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. You know? <laughs> yeah. Whatever his character. I mean, he, you know, he just kind of has to go out there and just, just play, just play. And, you know, so if yeah. he doesn't let everything yeah. else get to his head, you know, and he just goes out there and plays ball, he's going to be okay. But I just hope they don't chew him, chew him up and spit him out. And, you know, well, think that contract, you, you better play well. There's a lot of expectations. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, there is, but at the same time, I mean, we've, we've recycled so many quarterbacks in the last 25 <laughs> years. I, I mean, it, yes, yes, hundred percent. Yeah. He, he needs to perform, but I think we're, we're stuck with him. We're stuck with yeah. him. There's nothing we can do. So I, I, I don't really, that's the scariest part right there. Yeah. Knowing that we are stuck with him for another four or five years. That's if crazy. he doesn't perform, um, yeah. you know, he hasn't played in, in two years. I mean, he's still young. Obviously he's still got some skills. Um, I, I do think that if they can't get it figured out this year and we don't make the playoffs, I think our head coach Stefanski has gone, um, which, probably would be the best thing for him if they cleaned house in that regard. I mean, we just got Schwartz as the coordinator, but I don't know. I don't like it, and I don't like the future with how difficult our division is and how young, yeah. uh, you know, some of the key players on the other teams are. I think Cincinnati is going to be good for years to come. Pittsburgh's building back from the ground up. They're very stable. Said they're, you know, a bad season for them is 8-8. Eight and eight. Well, Tomlin, yeah. like, he doesn't have any losing seasons. You know, they're they're just so stable. You know, regardless, next two to three years, they're going to be a, you know, they're going to be a contender again for divisions. And Baltimore always gets, you know, so, they got Lamar. So I have a question. Um, you sort of talked about uh, Stefanski with the Browns. I was going to ask, how do you think Dan Campbell? Because you know, you know, last year on how many. I guess you would say questionable calls he made. Some that worked out in his favor and some that didn't. Are do you think he's gonna going to be a bit more conservative this year? Or if he's gonna stick to I guess the way people know him as and make as many risky decisions like that this next season? Hmm. That's a, no, that's a good question. Um, well, I think he gave up, right? Yeah, because obviously he was calling plays the first half of the year and they weren't doing yeah. well. And, you know, being a new head coach, he, you know, and this this is something you don't see. And I've always said this all through through college, right? So we'd, you know, pull our hair out, seeing how stubborn some of these coaches are. And I, I mean, just to see that Dan Campbell was willing to say, you know what? I, I screwed up, you know, in the, and I think he admitted after the Minnesota game, you know, I, I cost us that game. And for him to make adjustments, I mean, swallow his pride for a head coach, that's pretty, pretty rare. So to see that happen, him hand over the, you know, the offensive play calling to Johnson, and he took it from there. Um, you know, I, well, I think Ben Johnson's going to be calling plays this year, right? So I don't know. He won't yeah. maybe even have still, to worry I, about that. I'd say I still saw, I still saw some, uh, Risky calls even later on in the season, though, too. But oh, yeah, he had a lot of fourth downs. I, he went. I for think it. they still a lot of fourth downs. 
Yeah, he's become known for that, and I think he'll stick to it. I mean, I don't... I guess it depends on how the games are going, too. Like, I mean, Exactly. If, if you're playing from the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which we're not really used to often, so... Well, like, well, yeah, like that, that Packers game, game, if that game mattered and we could have went to the playoffs, you, you they went for it on, like, what was it, fourth and two to end the game or something? Yep, yep. I don't think that he would do that if if we had a chance to go to the playoffs. I, I think I he would have been conservative and. Yeah, I think he would have, and it probably would have been a mistake. Would make sense. I yeah. mean, yeah. but Ziz, I think they stick to his identity, but it's going to depend on the game management. You know, I think of the game when they went out to L.A. when Stafford and Goff played each other and were doing yeah. fake punts and onside kicks and. Oh my yeah. God. Because you can't game. stop, you, you couldn't stop LA from scoring. If you if you're up in the game, you're running the ball. You're probably not going to pull those tricks out of your bag. So it depends on how the game goes, true. how the team is doing. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, well, we're moving along nice here. So towards the end of the podcast, we like to do something called fire takes. Uh, it's basically where we can be any sport. Doesn't even have to be sports. Really, it can be anything. Anything crazy you think's gonna happen, just spit it out. Um, I'll go first. You guys can think about yours. Um, I'll keep it on theme here because I've said a few, but about uh, some Cleveland teams or Ohio teams. I think I think my fire take would be. I think Sean Watson just sucks. Just <laughs> never lives up to the contract. <laughs> I think he. Uh, I think they caught him after two years. I think more allegations oh. come out. And he is just an absolute waste and gone from the NFL in three years. And then and then I'll add on to that. And okay. then after he's out of the NFL, he starts his own chain of massage parlors. My other take will be in college. I think Ohio State has a rough year. I think they lose two to three games, one of them being Michigan. I don't think they make the playoff. They'll get a crappy bowl game, and Ryan Day's on the absolute hot seat. And yeah, I, I don't disagree with, with either of those takes, honestly. I see them both happening. I, I think that, yeah, we have uh, kind of start with the Ohio State side. Yeah, we uh, got a rough stretch looking at the schedule. Um we have a stretch where we go to South Bend in prime time. Uh, week four, the game following is home to Maryland. And I just want to say Maryland, they got a, they, they got a high-powered offense that seems to really be clicking. They got Tua's little brother. I think it'll be yep. his third year there. Um, you know, especially Ohio State and some of these teams, you know, who have really struggled yeah. defensively. Uh, they give you fits. Um, and then after that, we go, we go to Purdue, which – Ohio State has always struggled on the road. I mean, everyone struggles on the road at Purdue. Michigan State, especially with the old spoiler makers. But uh, we got our Heine's kit uh, here a couple years ago at Purdue. Always scary. You, 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 you're not really prepared to play them because the way the schedule rotates, you don't always play them every year. So never like that. Um, and then following that is, is home to Penn State. So, and then after that is at Wisconsin. With the tran, this is where that transfer portal changes everything. You know, if you look at a team like Wisconsin, all of a sudden now, boom, Luke Fickle goes there, and normally instead of it taking him two or three years to get his quarterback and really develop the team, he jumps in the transfer portal and pulls the kid out of uh, 
I think it's, oh, I was thinking Notre Dame's got a new quarterback, Sam Howell, out of Wake Forest, but I can't remember. I do know that Wisconsin pulled a pretty good quarterback out of the transfer portal here. So mm-hmm. that just changes everything. So, yeah, I think Ohio State drops one of those games. Uh, we do have a ton of talent still back, obviously question marks at quarterback. Um, and then, yeah, I just don't see us coming into Ann Arbor and, and, and winning that game. I do think I it'll think, be close. And I I think a very interesting team this year that people can't really gauge that much is Penn State. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a little worried about that game for Michigan. They're, they're a wild card. Luckily for Michigan, because I think we were at Penn State this year, but yeah. it's not a night game, and I think that's great for us. Thank God. Oh, and you guys absolutely ran through. It's interesting. You guys ran through them last year with ease. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're claiming, again, I know it's just the hype, they're claiming that their run defense is, is supposed to be a lot better. I don't know why they got some guys in the transfer portal, but so their defense, I guess, is supposed to be pretty good. So, well, they're, like you said, you're, that that'll be that'll be interesting. They're scary because you just don't know, and they they can't get over that hump. But um, do you guys not play Penn State? And then no, we play Penn State, but I I think I'm yeah I think in the horseshoe games. Yep, we you get them play, at home. You play Wisconsin after Penn State, right? At Wisconsin. Yes, the that's a questionable game. Absolutely, and I think that game's only truly questionable because it's the week after, and it's in yeah, it's in it's in Camp Randall, and you know, uh, and Penn State always, always, always regard plays us very tough. They can't beat us, but I mean, I want to say our last eight matchups, we've won seven of them, and 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 five or six of those have come down to one possession. And we were trailing going into the fourth quarter. So always a tough matchup there. Um, we'll still get a big bowl game because of the brand with two losses. Ohio State still end up in the Rose Bowl or some New Year's Six. You know, we'll probably beat some team. And I think I, I just – I don't think you can get rid of Ryan Day for losing two games. He still has an excellent record. I know he's lost to Michigan three years in a row. Keep something in mind, though is what people aren't talking about is this is Ryan Day's first job coaching. He's a very young coach. This is his – he was promoted from the offensive coordinator. So, obviously, has a ton to figure out. Statistically, our defense is as terrible as they've been. We've lost a lot of talent. They are statistically improving. Um, And this year he has picked up some good – uh, some good guys in the transfer portal in the secondary, which was much needed. That probably cost us a national title. Um, he but, was uh, he he was born on third base. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not living up to expectations. But then again, it's like he's still putting guys. He's just he's putting just as many guys in in the first round in the NFL as uh, as Urban was. He uh, you know he's He's um, recruiting at a very high level. He's recruiting at actually better by the numbers than Herb. So, and I, I just think it's you got to give him some time. I'm not ready to pull the plug. He's young. He's got a ton to learn. He's acknowledging, kind of like Dan Campbell, that he has a ton to learn. Um, he doesn't specialize in the defensive side of the ball. I think even if they lose to Michigan, I, I just don't see him getting fired just yet. I think he gets another year. 
Uh, and if they're just not showing any any improvement, if they stay stagnant with two losses, I do think he, he is gone. But, um, you know, I, it's tough because I see that point. But we always forget, too, everyone worships Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, he got your title. You know, Urban every year always flopped in a game he shouldn't have. Uh, whether it's like just mentioning at Purdue or what was the other game? We got uh, Clemson in the playoffs, got 31 nothing, got decimated. Yeah. Uh, there was always – he always had a game in the regular season where they just showed up not ready to play and they lose oh, – I mean, well, Michigan State, and obviously that was the season of the – uh-oh, he fumbles the snap where Michigan mm-hmm. State won. You know, obviously they had that great run, made the playoff, won the Big Ten, but what Michigan State had – three or four games that regular season where they didn't lead throughout the entire game. There was none, and they kicked a field goal at the end and won or oh. the the fumble. Yeah. So that was a crazy year. Anyhow, that game was crazy because we had Zeke Elliott. The weather was shit and Zeke Elliott got the ball two times in the second half against Michigan state in the rain. It's like, what, what are you doing? So they definitely have urban had his fair share of flops and we'll see. We'll see how I don't know. I think you guys, Michigan, you got a, a good team. And we have a talking about like Ohio State's like schedule and having an interesting stretch. I'm looking at Michigan's schedule right now, and there's like I'd say three or four games that, and it's three or four game stretch that I have sort of in question, and it's right before Ohio State is, um. So we play Purdue November 4th. That's at Michigan. We then, <laughs> then we go to Penn State that next week. Win. Following Penn State, we go to Maryland. Win. Maryland. That's a tough game. Maryland is going to be an interesting game. And that's right before the Ohio State game. Yeah, you're going to be overlooking them in, in Michigan traditionally struggled against the dual threat you need we can't overlook like you were saying maryland's a pretty they're on the rise i think like they've definitely we only beat them by a touchdown last year they got an explosive offense and and we had that happen right before actually we played them at maryland the week before michigan and same thing i mean they our defense wasn't was not great but they put up they threw all over us i mean they put up I think they put up 49 points. And then two uh, weeks prior to that stretch, we play Michigan State. But I'm sorry, Seth, but I think we're going to fucking cream you guys this year. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to sit here and argue. I know it's a rivalry game. game, so you never yeah. know. Yeah, and um, let's see. Is it at uh, that Michigan again this year? It's back-to-back, right? Freaking cheaters. Is it really? Yeah, no, some... no, it's at Michigan State. Oh, is it? Okay. Maybe it was the last two years that were at Michigan. Um, yeah, it's hard for me to sit here and say that Michigan State's going to be competitive with change of quarterback. <laughs> the receiver core is not there anymore. Uh, I think they've got some pieces that they brought in, but I don't think they play as a complete team. So, and Michigan's got everybody back. So, yeah, yeah there's no question. I don't think that'll be um, particularly close. A lot like last year. You know, it might be close to the first quarter, and then um, talent and depth will probably win out in that game. Nebraska is another team that I'm like, no, no, no. I'm unsure about. Nebraska's garbage. 
New Matt coach, Rule. Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Matt Rule. And does anyone have any uh, fire takes they'd like to share? I, I know Zach does. <laughs> um, I think my fire take is I, I don't want to say they'll date. I think Tom Brady and Kim Kardashian <laughs> are going to – there's something's going to happen there. And I don't want to say they'll date because that will be obviously a, a PR. I think Tom's a little smarter than that to – set that world on fire, but there's something, some newsworthy story comes out of that and sets the world on fire before the NFL season. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she, she's got to get back to being relevant after Kanye and he's got to, he's an attention whore. So he's got to, uh, Oh, that's, this one might be going explicit, but uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's going to pull some stunt of something because his first season, you know, fully retired. He's not getting enough attention as the Raiders part owner. Something happens there. I could see that. that that's an interesting one. I like that one. Uh, all right. Anybody? Anybody else? Um, I'd say my fire take is I think Deshaun is going to get two or three more massage parlor allegations here next season. <laughs> I have the I have the over on that. Take the over. And like you were saying, I think it's a couple years and he's cut. Okay. And with the Lions, I see I honestly see them winning the division. I don't know about winning a playoff game, but I think they're gonna pull that off. And Michigan's gonna win the national championship. There you go. That's what I like to hear. I was going to say, do you guys remember a year we can, where there was this, I guess starting with the Lions, I can't on think all of the time since we've been born. Yeah, since the, there's been this much hype for the Lions, but there's definitely never been this much hype for Michigan and the blue teams, Michigan and the Lions this coming in the season. No, I, I definitely can't think of a time. I, I was thinking that the Lions had one year where they had hype. Um, I think it was 2011 or something, but but yeah, Michigan was horrible at that point. So I think yeah. one of them goes the distance and and does. I'm not saying like a title really either way, but I think one of them does really good, and the other one's got to flop. And I don't know which. I don't know which of which of either because I I feel I was a little more confident in Michigan, especially with that early schedule, but. You never know. So we can't have it all, huh? No way. That's part of being a Michigan sports fan. You can never have it all. You'll you'll take what you can get. Same mm-hmm. thing down here. You take what you can get. All right, Seth. All right. So I'll, we'll stick with the college and the pro thing. I'll start with Michigan State. I think best case scenario there are six and six this year, possibly five and seven, and Mel Tucker's Ooh. on the hot seat. Um Ooh. And I'm going to say, I'm going to go in the NFL, I'm going to go over to the New York Jets. And I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers, who's making the third highest per year money in the NFL, $50 million a year. And I'm saying they go 7-9 and nine or even maybe a game worse, and oh, he, he's, a bu- he's a bust. I would love that. That would be amazing. Yep. I think he's washed up. He's getting old. And, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but I'm not sure he – can pull out a, you know, a uh, the ability like you like you once had, and I think he's going to be a bust and not a good fit there in New York. 
So so you wouldn't want Mel Tucker fired after five and seven? You know, I don't know. I I don't like his contract. I never liked his contract. Um, but I'm not sure who else you get. I'm getting to the point now where for a while I was saying they're not his guys. He had, you know, he had co- first year was COVID year, and you know the guys he actually brought in a year after that were I think sophomores last year, and now they'll be juniors. So you know you you can only use that excuse for so long, and uh, I think he builds more on recruits than he does or transfers than he does recruits, and sometimes those aren't good fits. So he has a lot on the line this year. Oh yeah, uh, and the following year. But you know, if it looks like if it goes how it looks like it should, and he's five hundred or a game under, you know, he's making way too much money and more money than other successful programs and or you know other programs and coaches who are. Zach and I talked about this probably a couple of days ago. It's like Michigan State really was in a horrible spot, I guess, because I mean, you guys had Nick Saban. For fuck's sake, like, yeah, back in the day, and you saw how that turned out. Like, with it, with him being a young coach, up and coming coach, and you already know LSU's looking at him. Yeah, so yeah, they, sorry, that job they, opened they, up. Yeah, they, they were like, they had no other choice, honestly. Yeah. Either yeah, you're you, you can that, sit back and look in hindsight, but like at it, that time, Kenneth Walker made them look complete. Yep. And Peyton Thorne did his job and yeah, eleven and two in year two, you're going, Okay, you know, this guy's got SEC roots, he's coached under, you know, Kirby Smart and others with Saban. He's been in the NFL. Clearly he's young and can recruit. It's like SEC teams looking at him, you know, at in the moment you can see why it's easy to pay him what they did. All right, well, we'll see. Lots of question marks. All right, guys, thanks for joining. I think it was a good time. Hell Um, yeah. And we'll have to do it again. So, thanks for having us on, Big Ziz.